Welcome to the SBCA podcast, Component Connection. Hello, my name is Jess Lowes, and today I'll be your host for SBCA's Component Connection. Today we've got Mike Reedy of A1 Roof Trust. He's the Chief Operating Officer, and they're located in Fort Pierce, Florida. He's currently the President of SBCA and a longtime SBCA board member. Mike is a 2007 SBCA Hall of Fame inductee and 2018 Industry Leadership Award member and currently sits on SBCA's Executive Committee. Also with us today is Scott Ward of Southern Components. Scott is an owner at Southern Components located in Shreveport, Louisiana, and also a SBCA past president and current Executive Committee member. Scott is an Industry Leadership Award winner and 2016 SBCA Hall of Fame inductee. I'd like to welcome both Mike and Scott to the podcast today. Thanks, Jess. Thank you, Jess. All right. So again, we're going to focus a lot of this on the coronavirus or the COVID-19 and see how you guys are reacting to it as kind of a leadership seminar that we're doing here with, with SBCA and our Component Connection podcast. Why don't you uh, start with us, Mike, and just kind of tell us how coronavirus has impacted your market? Well, um, we've had a few projects that moved out. We haven't had any kind of cancellations. Um, I think the biggest impact is uh, on the market has been the building departments working remote. It's uh, been a slow process for permitting, um, whether you're submitting or getting permitting. Um, inspections has been a little bit slower. Uh, luckily for us, we do an awful lot of track building. So a lot of our customers had permits in hand, uh, four or 500 permits in hand. And so they were still able to keep on going and just keep building. Has that changed much in the last month and a half or is it kind of like, boom, you got hit and it's been similar, you know, the same over the last few weeks? No, it's been the same for the last few weeks. So even uh, since maybe the 1st of April, there's been, you know, basically no slowdown. Uh, I won't say no slowdown, but very minimal impact on our business. Okay. And Scott, how has coronavirus impacted the demand in your market? Uh, well, interestingly enough, we're still selling work. Uh, uh, like Mike and many others, we had uh, work in progress that uh, has continued. Uh, we've had probably three job sites shut down hard, and then some of them have slowed down just because of labor shortage. So they're feeling uh, the same effect that we are with our uh, current labor concerns. But uh, we're, we're still selling work. And uh, now we have no idea when those jobs will will come to fruition, but uh, we're, we're getting purchase orders in daily. So that's a good sign. Um, it really hasn't changed um, over the last month and a half. It, it's been about the same. Uh, we've seen a little bit of uh, revenue decrease as a result of some of those jobs shutting down, but um, not much to speak of yet. And, and Scott, is most of the, you know, activity that's happening there, is it, you know, the shutdowns, is it due to the executive orders or is it, you know, on the local level, or is it mostly just GCs saying, you know, we want to do this for the safety of the people on our job sites? Well, Louisiana and the surrounding areas that we uh, serve did not shut down construction. So I think uh, most of it has to do with uh, the labor shortage, either people that are uh, getting the virus or maybe they're scared of catching it. Um, they've uh, either shut down part of their operation or experienced, uh, you know, just like I said, a slowdown just as a result of labor and, and nothing more. But that's what we're seeing. And how about you, Mike? Is it executive orders that are impacting mostly or is it just, uh, you know, people wanting to stay home and you know, think they're staying safe? I think it's I think it's partially the fear. It's not executive orders since everybody in the construction industry has been determined an essential business. So. Um, I think it's just more about precautionary measures, you know, um, and making sure that people stay safe. 
they have closed down all the trailers, all the job site trailers to no access except for, uh, you know, employees only. So subs can't go in there and there's hand wash stations all over the job sites. Everybody's wearing masks. So, and there are going to be some people that stay home just like in our own businesses. And you mentioned the sales aspect of it. I'm kind of curious what your sales teams are doing. You know, obviously they can't go on site, but are they doing things that they hadn't done before or how are they reacting, Mike? Um, my sales guys are all remote and I rarely see them here at the office anyway. They're all, you know, scattered throughout the state. So their their offices are naturally in their home. And so it's kind of business as usual for them. The only difference is they're not going out to see customers at uh, job sites and offices. So that's really the only difference. How about for you, Scott? What are your sales teams doing? Are they, uh, you know, how are they communicating with their, their customer base? They, uh, like uh, Mike said, our sales guys are based out of their homes as well. Uh, but they, they are now attending uh, some virtual sales meetings and uh, scheduling virtual uh, sales calls with their customers. So that, that seems to be uh, working out really well. Most everybody that we do business with has the technology and the ability to do that now. Um, and then they're doing quite a bit of follow-ups from their, their house like they normally would uh, if they didn't spend the time traveling. But the, the only thing that's changed is the face-to-face interaction and being on the road in their vehicles. But otherwise, they're, they're able to do a lot of, of good at home. All right. Over the last couple of weeks, we've solicited some questions from listeners, and we've got one here now, um, basically just asking how much future work is being quoted and, you know, is that down from from what it was before? And I think, Scott, you kind of addressed this, but Mike, why don't you handle that one to begin with? Well, our estimating department is busier than ever. I mean, we that's one thing that uh, we really wanted to gauge is how much uh, were we continuing to estimate? And um, we're, uh, although my estimating department, except the manager, are all working remote from their homes, um, but they're averaging uh, just the same amount of stuff that they've been bidding for the last probably 18 months. Anything to add on that, Scott, on what, what you guys are seeing? No, I would agree. We're busier than ever. Our uh, estimating team has got plenty of work to do every day, so that's that's a good sign. Yeah, that is definitely good that that's staying robust because I think that's going to help everything moving forward. Um, you know, kind of asking some employee questions right now. Just, I guess, Scott, how are, how are your employees doing with all of this, you know, on a kind of human level? What are you seeing there? Uh, honestly, most are fine. You know, I, I talked to uh, one of our state legislators yesterday. He was asking the same question. You know, our employees want to be at work. They don't want to sit at home. So I think... Uh, we have a handful that are concerned and have uh, raised that concern. They've been sent home because they were just too scared to come in. But that's that's the exception and not the norm. I think uh, most everybody is ready to get back to normal, and and the morale seems to be uh, fairly well for what we're going through. Good. And Mike, how are your employees doing? Uh, they're doing good. I mean, there's some fear. There's some uh, inhibitions. We've uh, we've done an awful lot of s- stuff that um, to try to help protect them to put their minds at ease, um, and we're practicing an awful lot of you know different stuff that uh, you know CDC guidelines. But um, I think for the most part, like you know, like Scott said, our folks want to come to work. You know, they're staying really busy. And I guess to kind of dig into that a little bit, what are some of the steps that you're taking at A1 to to help put their minds at ease, and some of the safety steps that you're putting in place? Well, we have um, 
We put together a 40-page booklet um, with all the CDC recommendations. We add to it every uh, every week because we do a, a coronavirus update every week to company wide. But we have um, we take everybody's temperature uh, before each shift, before each employee comes onto the property, and uh, make sure that nobody has a temperature. Um, we have face masks that we've purchased and distributed to everyone uh, that we had made. We also um, divided up our entire production facility into different zones, people with uh, an exit strategy uh, and entrance strategy so that employees that work in a specific zone aren't crossing uh, into other uh, employees' zones. So we may have a floor truss area that's uh, zone orange and uh, the zone next to them may be blue. They're not allowed to cross into the blue section and same with the blue section, not allowed to cross into the orange section. But everybody has an exit outside the building so that nobody's walking through the building and, you know, potentially infecting other people's that are not other folks that are not in their, their work area. So different things like that and just doing updates every single day and, and talking through things and making sure that people are staying safe. And that was, did you call that a guidebook, did you say, or? Uh, yeah, we developed a, a, a coronavirus handbook. Handbook? It's 50 pages long. What really inspired you to go that route with it? I, was it, you know, that's just your standard operating procedure, or was it something like, hey, we got to get ahead of this, and we want to provide as much written context as we can to, to our employees? Well, we wanted to make sure that we were all sending the same message, right, and that we're all receiving the same message. So, you know, um, our HR director um, put together a, a manual. It's called the COVID-19 response book so that um, we're always talking from the same stuff. And we're not, you know, one manager's not saying one thing that they heard on uh, the news and somebody's not hearing, some, you know, saying something else. Uh, but this also gives managers and leadership and employees guidelines um, so that we're all conducting, uh, you know, our behavior in the same fashion. Uh, and not doing different things um, because we heard something completely different somewhere else. Um, it's a pretty extensive, um, you know, guideline that um, goes from medical to outlining infectious disease to what we're doing in the production facilities and outside the production facilities, who's working remote. Uh, it has pictures in there of how we've cordoned off areas in the office to keep our six foot distance from people's offices. Um, and where you can and can't cross posters, warning posters, um, just about everything you could possibly think of. And it's a living document. So we're updating it. Um, basically, we could update it daily. Yeah, there's obviously been a ton of information that comes out. And it's I think it's a great way to communicate to your employees how to handle that. And I believe there's a couple of samples for listeners to, to go to the sbcindustry.com website and check out some sample handbooks there if they want to learn more about that or see what's in it, a couple samples. And I think one of those was based off of what you guys did there at A1. But Scott, you know, what are you guys doing in your your operation, try to put your employees' minds at ease with all of this coronavirus stuff going on? Some of the same things that, uh, that Mike's doing. I think uh, I was at home one night really trying to figure out a way. Our, our business is not quite as robust as Mike. So we um, we didn't produce a document like that, but the kids were at home and said, Dad, have you ever thought about doing a SharePoint website inside the uh, the office there? And that way you can update it uh, daily. So that's exactly what I did. I got my hands dirty and, and learned how to do that. So we actually created a uh, Southern Components uh, COVID-19 update website. 
just for uh, all of our employees. The uh, plant employees can have access to it as well on their phones. And so daily we try to, it's, it's a living, um, I guess, uh, website as well. So we update it on all the, the different things that we're doing and, and uh, all the different documents that are coming out almost daily. Uh, same things, broken up the lunch shifts, break times. Uh, we have cameras all over the place. So our management team monitors, you know, how they're doing in the plan, if they're making sure they're keeping their distance. Uh, we've marked areas on the floor and, and all that good stuff. Um, we have a cleaning crews. We've uh, brought new people on to do nothing but disinfect and clean. So I've got a, a crew of three on each shift and they go through the entire plant uh, nonstop around the clock, just making sure they wipe down all the commonly touched surfaces and, uh, you know, door handles and break room areas and that sort of thing. Of course, we've really shut down any access to uh, break rooms or, or anything that they can gather like that in groups. Um, we've had to move vending machines outside and uh, th there's just several things that we've had to do that's different than what they're used to, but uh, certainly something that they can look at from, at least from the outside looking in, that we're trying to do all that we can to keep our employees safe. And Scott, how are your employees doing with that change? Is it something that they're accepting quite easily or do you sense some frustration or tell me about that? There's some frustrations, uh, especially the guys and gals that work in the shop. They don't like the uh, distancing too well. So we, you know, we've had to really just hammer away each day and ask them to please do their best not to gather. They're social beings. We all are. and We want to talk and, and have that camaraderie together. But it's just not a, a time to do that, especially while we're going through this. So we've we've had a little pushback there, but by and large, everybody's buying in and understands that we're doing this so that we can uh, stay safe and and viable. I think that that's the one thing we're trying to preach to them is if one person on your team gets sick, then it affects everybody. So right now, let's just uh, watch what we're doing and play it safe. So they're they're adjusting okay. And Mike, how are your employees adjusting to the change? Um, I think they're doing pretty good. Um, you know, Scott's right. We are all social beings. I think that was the hardest thing for even for me is to stay six feet away from somebody. That just seems like where it's really awkward. Um, and you know, when I walk out in the plant, I like to shake people's hands and I, I don't do that. And I can't, I can't even go in the plant. We're not allowing uh, people from the office to go to the plant. We're not allowing people from the plant to come into the office. So it feels a little estranged right now. I think everybody feels that way. Um, but you know, this is a uh, short term, uh, we got to do this to get through it. And, um, I think everybody understands that and everybody wants to do their part. Um, you know, we've also, you know, staggered all of our breaks and our lunches so that we don't have everybody, you know, gathered at the same place at the same time. So, you know, we've split that into thirds. So it's, um, it's a little tough, but, um, hopefully we can get back on track here, you know, in the next, uh, 15, 16 days. Yeah, with any hope, we, we certainly can. And and Mike, you do, or you typically run some designer training programs. It's kind of a, what I would call a continuous hiring you know, philosophy. Has the virus impacted any ongoing training sessions or any of that going on? And, and if so, maybe tell us how, how it has impacted it. Well, um, it just so happens that this all came about. We're in the middle of a training class. Um, so obviously those guys can't work remote. Um, there's a lot of hands-on learning that goes on in those classrooms. So um, we have a classroom here that all we did was just really spread everybody out to make sure that we had six feet, you know, six feet between everybody. 
these guys are all getting ready to uh, graduate here in two weeks. We might have to extend it a week because they, they did have some effect for one week. But other than that, um, they're progressing nicely and they should graduate, you know, maybe a week later than what they would normally graduate. Well, that's great. Um, any other remote workforces that either one of you want to kind of talk about, whether it's design or, or anybody else, or we kind of cover that pretty well? Yeah, I think we have uh, most of our staff working from home. I, I had a little bit of a leg up with that, though, just being a kind of a, a gadget geek, I guess. My IT guys are my old college roommates, and we, for years, I've wanted to make sure that everybody had the ability to remote into the office if they needed to. So, when this all first started, we sent people home in groups of five so that it wasn't such a burden on the IT group to get them going. Uh, we distributed laptops and monitors and made sure that they were set up at home just like they were in the office. Uh, so we have roughly about 40 people working from home right now. And that, you know, without any uh, hiccups, knock on wood, so we're, we're all going good. And uh, the office is uh, completely uh, empty with about the exception of about five of us, I guess, at any given time in the front side and then maybe two or three in production. Um, we've locked the door. Uh, we've put a, a different locking mechanism there so people can't just walk up and come in. So it's a security measure there. And we have people monitoring our gates to make sure that the plant doesn't have uh, unwanted visitors and changed a lot of what we've done with vendors coming in. So that's another big one that's been hard on everybody is, is understanding that we're not trying to be ugly or mean. We understand that they have a job to do, but we're making all of them check in with us before they come into the office or come into the, to the plant for any work that they're supposed to be performing. Anything to add to that, Mike? No, we've done all the same things. Um, <laughs> all the same things and it might seem kind of weird but you know scott and i talk a lot so really? we do play off of each other and make sure that we're <laughs> implementing some of the same things in fact i think we talk just about every day so you know it's pretty damn close yeah well and i guess that's one thing that hopefully listeners that might not be as familiar with sbca the the relationships that are developed either through oqms or business solution groups or just regularly attending BCMC. And this is a, an illustration. We had one gentleman that wasn't able to join us today, but you know the relationships that are formed and what kind of a tool that is to, to use in your own business when you've got questions or ideas or, or things to bounce off another individual, this is probably the, the paramount relationship, if you will, or you know at least a friendship with, with you two gentlemen. And having that is, is really valuable for your businesses. And you know, maybe speak to that you know, while we're at it here. You know, Scott, why don't you go first? Well, I think that's true. And, uh, you know, Mike and I do talk uh, almost every day. And, and of course, we, we also, uh, both of us also talk to our other uh, friends on the executive committee and other board members. So it's it's really, really valuable to be able to reach out to another component manufacturer and get their take on, you know, what they're doing to tackle some of these uh, problems that we're facing. Uh, you know, we don't, a lot of us are so busy running our businesses throughout the day that it's really difficult to just uh, stop and try to find people outside of our organization that can help when it's a lot easier being involved with SBCA and, and growing and developing these relationships because we can get right to the heart of the matter and there's not a lot of detail or explanation that's needed there. We can quickly ask a question, get a lot of good feedback back from our friends and and it just makes life a lot easier i know it does for me so it's it's really key and has really been a a, a huge benefit to our business uh, having relationships like i've got with mike and joe and steve and everybody else that we we talk to around the clock 
And Mike, do you want to speak to the relationships that you've been able to form and, and how valuable that is with your own business operations? Well, I just think it's everything. Um, you know, for me to be able to pick up the phone and, and um, or email or text somebody or text a group of people or email a group of people and get, you know, 10 or 15 different ideas or things that they've done to mitigate something or uh, something that they've scuffed their knee on so that I don't scuff my knees on it. Um, and the same thing, I think, you know, I'm, I'm happy to offer anything that we've ever, you know, done or come up with. And it's just, it makes, uh, it makes a lot of sense to know that you either are or aren't doing some of the right things, I think. And obviously, if you've missed something um, or you're fixing to fall off a cliff, it's nice to have, um, you know, somebody there that can say, hey, you may well not want to try that. Here's what happened when I did it you know, or here's what happened when this guy did it, you know, um, I've got some of the, um, fortunate experience of, you know, being around, uh, this association for uh, several years, um, you know, like Joe Heichel and, you know, knowing his father and, you know, knowing Bob Ward Scott's father and, and being in the organization, uh, the association when those guys were around. And so, you know, I've learned as much from those guys as I do from Scott and Joe and, and uh, you know, Roger Haugerson and Steve Stroder and all these guys. We we all talk pretty regularly and uh, we all talk about our business problems and nobody ever has not wanted to try to help solve it, which I think is kind of kind of ironic. And it's also kind of cool. It is cool to see folks like Greg Griggs. You think about Greg, he's uh, running a really large organization. And, you know, some of the things that we hear back from him is, you know, I guess that's really what I'd like to tell everybody is that it doesn't matter how big or small you are. You can learn a lot from anybody that you reach out to inside of our organization. It's really cool. And I guess for listeners that are looking to get involved with SBCA or with a business solutions group or, you know, just reach out, go ahead and contact me. My Email address is jlose, that's L-O-H-S-E, at sbcindustry.com. That's a great first step. And, you know, you and I can have a couple conversations and kind of see where it goes from there and, and tell you how you can be more involved and develop this, this resource for yourself. And with that, my email inbox did find another question uh, that was proposed by a listener. And I think I know the answer to this one, but I'll, I'll ask it anyway. Have you had to cut back on your labor force and how are you handling swings in production? So, Scott, do you want to take that one first? Then Mike, go ahead. We haven't cut back on our labor force much. We have, uh, because of a little bit of a, a slowdown in some of our jobs, we've had to scale it back um, on the night shift some, but not too bad at all. So I think we're right now we're in pretty good shape. And how about you, Mike? Um, we have not, I mean, listen, we've got shortages because of people not, not coming in or we've got people that are sick and then nobody's tested positive, but um, you know, anybody that pulls in here with a hundred degree temperature is sent home. So, um, but for the most part, um, everybody's, you know, it, everything's been fine as far as workforce. And I guess just to kind of, you know, that comment of the hundred degree temperature, if you had people show up with the temperature and what does that process look like? Well, because we check everybody's temperature before they come in the facility or in the gate on the property, um, they basically... We have them sit down for 20 minutes just in case it was you know, because we are in Florida just in case they're, you know, and we're because we're taking an infrared off of their forehead. Um, we have them sit down for 20 minutes in the shade. And uh, if it still comes up, they have to go home. 
and they can't come back until their fever is gone. Have you had instances where you've had to send people home? Uh, we had to send two people home yesterday, actually. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's good to know how they're how you're handling that, and hopefully, some other people can take some advice from that. Get to switch it up a little bit and talk a little bit about the CARES Act. Um, are you doing anything within your business to take advantage of that legislation? You know, it was recently signed into law, Scott. Yeah, we actually took uh, advantage of the PPP uh, loan. Uh, matter of fact, we got on the front end of that and filed uh, rather quickly, and we were actually funded uh, yesterday. So that that was uh, from a lot of hard work from our uh, bankers that we have great relationships with here, and our accounting staff worked tirelessly to make sure that paperwork was was uh, what it was supposed to be. And then, of course, we got some good legal advice from our association attorney, Kent Pagel. So with everybody kind of rallying around one another, we were able to navigate that fairly easy, and, and that's going to be a big help to us. How many days from start to finish, then, did that take? We started uh, a week ago. Well, actually, I take that back. We started that Friday before that weekend. And we got all the paperwork done last Sunday, and then it took a, a week to get funded. So not quite two weeks, but somewhere around there. Yeah. Is that a success story and then in your mind? I don't know what other people are experiencing uh, who were kind of late to the to the party there to get their paperwork turned in. I know that there was a lot of, uh, if you didn't have the help maybe that some of us had because we are part of this association, I've understood that there's some people that had some paperwork issues as they were uh, filling out those forms. But I think that uh, it's a success story just because of Again, you go back to being able to rely on your friends in the industry and calling and answering and asking those tough questions that are coming at you as you're trying to do something as serious as a as this uh, payroll protection program loan. Um, I think that it is a success story just because of that. And Mike, are you taking advantage of any of the uh, CARES Act legislation? Absolutely. And we started at the same time. Uh, we got funded today. Uh, so that timeline was just a day behind. Uh, Scott, um, but I'll, I'll tell you that I'll tell you what I liked is that there was a lot of conversations almost every single day. We had a text string between about 20 people and talking about paperwork. Did you get this form? There's a new form out. I mean, like Scott said, last, not this last Sunday, but the Sunday before there was new documents that came out Saturday night that had to get signed on Sundays so they could be turned in on Monday morning first thing. <laughs> Right. So had we not known that and had had the, that mass text not gone out, you know, we may not have been in the same boat that we are today. And so I think that's one thing that, you know, and that mass text was with people all over the country, not in one small, you know, not in Florida, but all over the country. And it's different when people from all over the country are helping each other out to make sure that, uh, you know, they get in and get their stuff done. And, and um, again, uh, don't skin their knees when people are skinning their knees around them. And just to give our listeners, uh, you know, some transparency here to fully understand, we're recording this on Tuesday, the 14th, and it's probably going to take a day or two to edit. So it'll probably reach listeners the 16th or 17th. But to give you an idea of those timeframes, just to, you know, put that in there, we're recording this on the afternoon of the 14th. So just kind of let you know there. Um, you know, as far as the next question, what resources have you been relying on for guidance and interpretation regarding the various pieces of legislation and in response to this, 
you know, the economic implications of that. Mike, why don't you go first there? Um, I mean, we're relying on the SBA and we're relying on the federal government to make sure that, the, you know, at fed.gov, it make sure that we got the right stuff. We're relying on our bankers. Um, you know, it, this is kind of, I mean, if you think about this, this is unprecedented territory that we're in. Um, I don't think that we've, well, I know we've never seen the federal government move as fast as they have in the last 12 days. But I think overall, I think the information, listen, I, I think here's the thing. This thing's been changing almost daily. Its course of action has been changing daily. We've had to react daily. Everybody in this country's had to react daily. And it's reacting because we can't see what it's going to do. Only now do we have enough history uh, and data to say and to start to predict things. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think I think over the last, you know, 30 days, um, it's been incredible. The, our country's been incredible. Our government's been incredible. Um, I think it's just been um, crazy how fast we moved on this thing. Yeah, and I'll, I'll piggyback on top of that and just say that, you know, also along with SBA and, and Fed.gov, we've had some tremendous support from SBCA and staff. Uh, again, our attorney, Kent Pagel, and even even some of our local groups, uh, insurance brokers and, and uh, other organizations that we're involved in. I think, I think what you're seeing is a, a big team effort um, around the, the country to try to get this uh, uh, information to, into our hands and, and make sure that we're navigating properly. So it's been really good to see that many uh, different group of people work together on something so swiftly. And I guess with that, you know, I'm sure you have other business relationships that, you know, are outside of the component industry. What are you hearing from, from those individuals? Any anecdotal stories that you'd like to share? Or is there anything really to, to be gained by looking outside of our industry? And Scott, why don't you go ahead and kick that one off? Well, I have a lot of friends that own restaurants here in town, and I know that they are really struggling. Um, you know, even uh, it's unfortunate for them because even with the PPP uh, piece, they can't uh, juggle maintaining their payroll because that's part of the program, right? You have to maintain your payroll and uh, at least uh, keep that average up, not to go below a certain percentage. And, you know, if their restaurants are closed, they're just having a real difficult time doing that part of the program. And so they, they're concerned. I think a lot of other small businesses that are not part of our little circle in our industry are, are struggling. Uh, the struggle is real for them. Uh, but I do know that they are getting some assistance and hopefully they'll come out of this. Um, we're doing what we can to support them while they're shut down and maybe doing only uh, carry out and things like that. But, um, but there are some people that are really struggling. How about you, Mike? Do you have any business, you know, either friends or just people that you know of locally that any stories that you can share from their experiences? Well, I've got several friends that own restaurants uh, and, um, you know, that are obviously closed down right now um, or at least only doing uh, delivery or drive up. Um, but still, that's um, that's a pretty punishing business um, when you're going from, uh, you know, full on to uh basically 10 or 10 or 15 or 20 dinners a night. Um, you know, of course, all the local stores here just, uh, you know, practically empty. They're have only certain times that people can go in. It's a, it's a, it's just a different way of life. I think, um, it's not something I'd like to get accustomed to. I know that for sure. 
and hopefully we'll be able to to move out of that fairly quick in the next you know hopefully we're measured in weeks and, and not any other measurement at this point um, it'd be nice if even if that were days but as we look ahead you know and once america opens for business again what lingering challenges do you think component manufacturers are going to be faced with or what concerns you most looking forward to the next two to three months mike um i guess my concern is is that you know we have a lot of builders out there that uh, model homes, yes, they're open for review and I hear they're still making some sales, but certainly we know it's nowhere near what they have been doing. Um, that lull will hit us at some point. Um, the lull in permits um, for those folks that didn't have two, three, 400 permits in hand, um, there'll be a slowdown. I just don't know where it will be. And there'll, there'll be a lull in, in home sales, I think. And hopefully they'll be able to sell more homes uh, once this is all over and maybe make up for the for what they lost in their sales during this last, you know, this 60 day period or however long this period is going to last. And what concerns do you have, Scott, looking ahead in the next two or three months? Well, I think uh, we do a large part of our business is multifamily. So, you know, we're concerned that the owner developers will be um a little scared to continue on some of the projects that were on the books for this year. So that is a concern. I think uh, lumber is another big one too. We're, you know, we keep getting reports weekly that they're uh, curtailing production in a lot of the different mills. So we're uncertain how that's going to have an effect on us. And uh, once we get ramped back up again and, and business kicks off like normal, we, we are concerned that there's going to be uh, some movement there. Um, but but again, I don't think they're major concerns. They're just things that we're we're watching closely. And out of all the things that have been changed or things that have been tried over the last few weeks, whether it's social distancing or, you know, elbow bumps instead of handshakes, that kind of thing. Mike, as we get into a new normal, what do you think is going to last? What do you think are going to be the lasting implications of, of what we've experienced over the last couple of months? Honestly, I hope none of it. <laughs> I'm kind of a social person though, but you know, I believe in handshakes and hugs and, you know, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to get back to normal life, at least life as I know it. Yeah. Hopefully that is the way it is. Scott, do you see anything that, you know, might be lasting or something that you may have changed in your plant that you're going to try to hang on to despite, you know, wanting to get back as close to normal as we were? I think some of our management team has mentioned that uh, maybe one or two may prefer to work from home if uh, they can get more work done. Maybe they're, and there's less distraction there. So, you know, I, I don't want to be closed minded to something that may be more beneficial to us as a company. Um, but I, I don't really see anything lingering. I mean, maybe until there's a vaccine for this, uh, some things around us may you know, just change some, maybe there's limited amount of people in restaurants or things of that nature. But hopefully, like Mike said, you know, this won't be the new norm with any of it. And Scott, what, what advice, if you were to hand out some advice to employees or just, you know, labor force in general, not necessarily your employees, but just people that, you know, going to work still, what advice would you have for them to try to handle this? So my advice has been and will be just to remain calm and not to panic. I think that's the biggest uh, message that we're trying to preach day in and day out is just to use good common sense. Um, this is a serious situation, and I'm not trying to downplay it, but I think that uh, we can all do better together if we just use that common sense approach. You know, wash your hands. 
make sure that you keep your distance. If you're out in a grocery store, then, then use good common sense. If you feel like you need to wear a mask, then wear a mask. Uh, don't be embarrassed. Just do some things that, that you know to do to make sure that, uh, that you're taking care of yourself and your family at home. You know, a lot of us, uh, we've been preaching here, if you're at work all day and you go home, shower up, get, uh, get everything off of you that could infect anybody at your house. Make sure you take care of those people. And uh, then finally, I guess, if you're an employee, just make sure you ask questions. If you're concerned or scared, uh, don't keep it to yourself. Bring it to us. We'll, we have all the material in the world to sit down and have a, a good conversation that would hopefully get rid of some of that fear. Um, you know, the important thing is that you get your information from genuine sources uh, rather than sources designed to move your emotions. So that's that's where it's at. We, we want to make sure we stick to facts and not not some craziness. So. And Mike, do you have anything to add to that? That was a good answer, Scott. Um, you know, I think it's the same thing. Just make sure we keep each other safe, do the right things. Um, let's not, this, now's not the time to take advantage. Now's the time to help, pitch in. And um, we always say around here is we want to we treat everybody here like we would our friends and family. And that means uh, go the extra mile. Let's do what we're asked. And again, like Scott said, don't believe in rumor and innuendo. Let's get the facts. That's why we communicate early and often with everybody here. Uh, that's why we put out a newsletter every Thursday. We have meetings every Thursday, um, company-wide, um, even with our people that are working remote. Uh, I have a remote Zoom meeting every uh, Wednesday. We're all on there with everybody that's working remote, and I'm just checking in with them. I want to see how they're doing, make sure they don't need anything, make sure things are still operating good for them. Um, any issues that they might have or that they're coming across to address any fears. Um, so it's, uh, I think it's just communication, staying in touch. And to build on that, what kind of advice do you have for component manufacturers, you know, either owners or leaders in their position? What would you say to those component manufacturers, Mike? Um, I guess I would recommend that, you know, you got to live in today, right? You got to manage current events as required. Uh, but you got to plan and strategize for tomorrow, next week, and next month, and through the rest of the year. Uh, you're going to need a strategy to come out and thrive. And, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. You got to make your own luck. And how about for you, Scott? What advice would you give to component manufacturers out there? Uh, you know, I, I think everybody is tightening up on spending and trying to do their best to protect their employees. I'll just say for everybody that's uh, listening in to the podcast, uh, you know, just don't get too discouraged. You know, most of us have rough days through all of this. So we go home a, a little down, but you know what? We will rebound and be in a better place. So I would just encourage, uh, you know, each and every one of you to, to don't be scared to pick up the phone and call someone, especially those of us that are in the association and uh, just, you know, bounce off some ideas or, or try to, to find out some different things and different ways to do things in your organization. If you need help with something, don't be embarrassed. Uh, I do it all the time. And I know that uh, Mike does. So that's to me, that's the best advice I can give is don't sit there and try to go through this by yourself because you will get really discouraged if you do that. All right. We got a couple more listener questions here and uh, one dealing with material shortages. Do you either you see material shortages coming up in the near future? And Scott, why don't you jump in there first? I, I don't. I've reached out to several of our uh, friendly competitors around 
our area and, and we don't see it yet. We're, we're keeping an eye on it. We have heard of some of that in different areas of the country, but right now in, in the South, I haven't haven't heard it. Now, whether or not it happens or not, like I said earlier, that's something that we're just watching really close. And Mike, are you noticing anything or anticipating anything? Well, I'm not noticing anything right now, but I think it is entirely possible. Um, you know, I think that you you still have a lot of mills that are uh, at least Southern Yellow Pine mills that are um, really, really scaling back and starting to curtail some of their shipments. Um, I really think that um, it's going to depend on the demand and how strong things remain. Now, they may not be shipping material, you know, as much all over as they were, but I know that, uh, you know, in the South, the housing market's strong. So I'm hoping that we don't see it that that much. All right. And the, uh, the next question is, what is your long-term prognosis for the industry for the rest of the year? And I guess, you know, I'll probably repackage that question to ask January 1st, 2021, what's your story going to be for 2020, Mike? What's my story going to be for 2020? Yeah. How is the year going to look for you? Oh my gosh. That's a loaded question, Jeff. Well, I hope I can say that we didn't lose any money and that we, that we made some money in, in spite of the obstacles and 2021, Katie bar the door. Mm -hmm. And for you, Scott? Yeah, I, I think the same thing. I, I Hopefully we'll be able to look back on this and realize that we made it through something that was pretty um, horrific for the entire country, but uh, the pent-up demand has kept us going through 2020, and we're going to have a much better 2021. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel, even if it is a number of months out that uh, whatever recovery does happen, it should be quick and swift, and we can all hope for that. Uh, to change it up a little bit in the last couple of questions, you know, personal impact, um, you know, Scott, what are you doing differently in your daily life than you did, you know, six weeks or, or two months ago? Has much changed, or tell us about that? Uh, well, I, I work out a few days out of the week, I guess, since all this started, I'm working out probably every day just to relieve stress, but that's probably cause I'm smoking more cigars and drinking more wine and bourbon, but <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it really. How about you, Mike? Um, I'm kind of sick at eating at home every day. I'd like to take my wife out for dinner. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's <laughs> that's, that's a good answer. We'll make sure we clip that and send it to her. Um, <laughs> and how about for, you know, just COVID-19, has it impacted either of your lives personally? And Mike, go ahead and start that if if it has. Well, it's only impacted uh, us as that, you know, family is all I see or spend time with now. It's been good. Um, I think it's been helpful for all of us to, to be able to help each other ease the pressure uh, that everyone's under. Um, and to help calm each other's fears. So I, I think it's been uh, some really good quality family time under some uh, really stressful situations. So I'm glad that I could spend some time with my kids and that they could spend some time with us and my grandson. And, um, you know, we're together just about every weekend. So Good. How about you, Scott? Have you been personally impacted by, by COVID-19? Uh, we haven't. With the virus itself, uh, thankfully, everybody's uh, well and healthy. Uh, I do have a couple of kids that were in college that moved back in. So we're getting to spend some good quality time with the 
youngest of the five and one of them plays college football. So I get to get on uh, kind of behind the scenes and listen to them do their uh, playlist. And they, they do a bunch of video uh, chats throughout their week. So that's been pretty cool. So it's, it's uh, allowed us to spend more time together, play games together as a family. So we're trying to make the best of it. I think in the back of everybody's mind, you know, we're, we're all wanting to get back to normal, but there has been some good out of this. Yeah, for sure. And and one final listener question, and this one is from Mike as, as president. We're going to be having some meetings online in, in lieu of the open quarterly meeting coming up. And this listener wanted to know if they're going to be able to bring drinks to the online meeting. <laughs> well, absolutely. I hope so. <laughs> I'm counting on it. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to thank Jack Dermer for submitting that one. So uh, with that, <laughs> of course he did. That wraps up uh, this week's podcast. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Mike, for for sharing your your experience with this. We appreciate it. Uh, look forward to to talking with you next week when we have Gene Fergal and Jeff Taki both on the executive committee, and possibly a guest appearance by Greg Griggs if we can get some technical things figured out. So thank you both. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks so much, Jess. Thank you, Jess. Thank you for listening to SBCA's podcast, Component Connection. We are committed to bringing you a variety of information via this podcast. Please email your feedback or suggestions for future topics to podcast at sbcindustry.com. 